Whoa, sorry guys. Something's wrong with the Instagram machine. What what are we doing here? Yeah, I want to go live. I want it pointing at my face. Now we're going live. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube already, and some people are, sorry about that. Also, my camera's in a the usual bad position, and now I'm not in focus. It really likes my microphone. I don't know why. If I put it right next to my face, will it focus on me too? Holy moly, what are we doing here, guys? Get the mic adjusted. Everyone's live. What's happening? I don't even know what's happening. That's what's happening. Um, hey, though, we're uh, we're live. It's Monday. Monday, Monday. It is just past nine. Still not satisfied with my cameras or my mic. Well, that's going to have to do because we're already a minute in on the old YouTube machine. Hey guys, what's going on? Um, what's going on with me? Well, you know what the deal is. I didn't come here to chew bubble gum. That means something, I think. Uh, I came here to have a beer with my friends on the social media and on, on the podcast. Sorry, still just adjusting crap. But I'm feeling good now. I think I'm feeling good. Hey, uh, we're going to drink some beer because it's Monday night. And it's a kind of gray, bleary, dreary day in Toronto. But you know what? Let's have it anyway. And guys, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm not going to lie. Now, I cheated a little, okay? I've had this one before recently. Uh, And this was actually a gift, which is kind of nice. Um... This was, I had a lovely surprise before the weekend. A friend from, uh, from our church came by because I've been doing all these, uh, I've been editing the, the service videos, producing them, um, when we were off, when we weren't allowed in the building, uh, for people to watch at home. And now that we're doing a very limited, very structured and different service, uh, in these COVID times, um, filming it and then pushing it out. Um, and I've been doing that since, uh, since we shut down really in March. Um, and, uh, this, this, uh, fine gentleman, uh, came by with a little, uh, a little thank you gift from him and his family for all the work uh, that I put in, which was really nice. And what was it you might ask? If you dig on my Instagram, I posted a picture, uh, that's at Chris Schreier, not the Toronto beer podcast, uh, Instagram. Um, you can check it out, but it was a very lovely care package from none other than our friends, friends of the pod, forget that, founders of the pod, uh, Left Field, and uh, a whole array of really nice stuff, including Squints. Have you had this yet? Squints is the uh, Gosa with malted sunflower seeds in it. Would you believe, kids? What a world. Sunflower seeds in beer? Who knew? Anyway, that's not what we're drinking tonight. I saved a big one, and it's a special one. I'm going to hold it up for the cameras now. This, of course, is Shea Brett IPA. Shea, if you're listening at home, there's a lovely picture on the label of Shea Stadium. It's a name for a person named Shea. It's a name for the stadium named Shea. And that's what we're going to be sipping on tonight. And this is a Brett IPA. It is a big bottle, a bomber, as they're sometimes referred to, 650 mil. And it has, of course, 
a bottle cap. So we're going to get some live on the air fully. Let's get in there, guys. Here we go. Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Got a good little waveform on the old addition track there. Hey, so, oh, <laughs> I like it when I open a beer and it's already doing things in my nose. Uh, try and give you guys a good pour here on the old cameras. Uh, did not even wet this glass. Are there going to be bubbles? Yes. Do I care? Not even a little. You heard it first here. Look at that. Guys, if you know me, you know this is ticking a lot of boxes. Oh, and of course this glass is like, as this is probably the cleanest glass I've had on the podcast in like this year. Um, go figure. This is hazy. It's not chunky, not a chunky boy. It's a hazy boy. What would we call this people watching at home? It's golden yellow, amberish, not quite orangey in the middle, but it's not just yellow. There's, there's a little something else going on in here, giving us a little extra color, I think. Hazy, but not turgid. No, wait, turgid means... Doesn't turgid mean hard, like swollen, like your bits can get turgid? Isn't that what turgid means? No, now we're going to... No, I'm not getting sidetracked tonight. Look it up for me, somebody. Tell me... If, what's the word I'm looking for if it's not turgid? Anyway... It's not chunky and hazy and gross. Uh, it's smelling real good, and I'd really like to stop talking about it and start drinking it, so why don't we do that? I'll tell you all about it once we talk about what it tastes like, but man, off the nose. It smells like pineapple juice is what it comes down to. Uh, like, shockingly, like pineapple juice. And I'm not 100% on this, but I would put, I would definitely make a bet on the fact that there's no pineapple in this. This is hops. Oh, sorry, bumping off my microphone again. Uh, friend of the pod, Jay Lake, mentioned uh, he thought I'd bashed my mic the other week, and he thought it was the end of the show coming in with drums. And then when it wasn't, he suggested that maybe I should consider adding some drums to the end of the show. It turns out what it was was it was me doing this, which, of course, creates a bit of a, a reverberation in the springs in my microphone arm. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to get sidetracked, and here I am off the side of the track. Pineapple, for sure. Like, like juicy, sweet pineapple juice. And citrusiness, a little hard to nail down. Grapefruit, probably. Yeah, yeah, I'd say pink grapefruit. And like juicy, not peel. I mean, there's peel involved, but like, it's like the whole grapefruit. Like you just cut a grapefruit to eat for breakfast. Um, it's funny because it's a bread IPA. If you don't know what that means, we'll get into it. Um, Brett does typically present um, some specific aromas. I'm not getting a ton on the nose. It could just be that those hops are, are hiding it for us, which, hey, why not? Let's get in here, all right? That, that was a big sip. I'm going to have to have another smaller this time. Hang on one sec. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. That's delicious. But we already knew that, or at least I already knew that. Um, what do we got going on here? It's interesting. And, and when I had it, I was thinking about it because it was the first time I'd had it. Um, sometimes, you know, I do the beers and I have, I've been drinking them on the reg for, for two years and I haven't been like 
really intentional about stopping and thinking about what I'm drinking. But uh, I did do that with this one because it was the first time I'd ever had it. Um, but I'm doing it again. And it's interesting. The first thing, it's a little surprising, to be honest with you, right off the get-go, I get a really interesting malt characteristic. Which immediately is gone because the hops come roaring in. Um, but right off the get-go, I do get a touch of the malts that are in there. Um, and remember, we're talking about the color. It wasn't just yellow. There was like a bit of an amberiness to it. It does make me think that uh, perhaps there's something more complicated in the, in the, in the malt bill here um, than just, say, like two-row. Not exactly sure what, but something's popping a little bit more color in there. Um, so my guess is there's something else going on there. Actually, the other thing is, as long as we're talking about the malt bill, it's really hard because the hops are quite drying. And of course, because it's a bread IPA, it's like dry, 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 dry. But there's a weight to it that typically you're looking for like a silky feel or a velvety feel. And if you guess where I'm going, kids, um, there might be oats in here. But it presents very differently in this beer because it's so dry and, and there's such a pronounced hop uh, quality to it. So um, as I said, hops right away. It's interesting because... You still get a ton of that pineapple juiciness on the nose. But on the palate, it's so dry. The pineapple's there. Um, but now we're shifting much more into that grapefruit. And now we are getting very grapefruit peely. Um, it's, it's bitter. Um, again, not squeaky. We're not going like the old style West Coast IPAs that were like on your teeth. But it's quite bitter which is quite nice. I do say so myself. The other thing to bear in mind, ah, uh, should we talk about that now? No, let's just forge on and I'm going to explain what I was about to tell you. It has to do with perceived bitterness and sweetness. Um, we'll deal with that in a minute, but, uh, very, very, very IPA. And again, so Brettanomyces is a, um, a bacteria, um, that's popular in, in brewing. It's a flaw in some brewing. It's definitely a flaw in most winemaking. Um, but of course us beer people, we just can't leave well enough alone. So people started playing with it and realized that it can actually be really nice. Um, this of course is the thing you'll hear people talking about like horse blanket or horse sweat or barnyard, uh, funkiness. Um, some strains of Brettanomyces can smell fecal is the word they're using. That means it smells like poop kids. Um, this one doesn't do any of those. There's a bit of mustiness is all I would give it. Which I suppose you could argue is like a kind of horse blanketiness, but it's not it's not jacked. The other thing is sometimes Brettanomyces, and I don't know what strain they used in this, um, can also do like um, tart cherries. Sometimes it tastes like sweet tarts, actually, or like sometimes people say cherry pie. Um, it's very, the dryness and, and, and the, the bitterness of the, the peel... Um, Almost, it's not quite tannic the way that some hops can get, like tea-like, but it's quite, 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 quite bitter. And it makes me wonder if it's if maybe there is some of that cherry there, but it's a little harder to pick out. Because you're not getting the tartness. It's, it's kind of messing with your brain, you know? Anyway, it doesn't take much to mess with my brain with the left of it. Man, though. So dry and clean on the finish. Just a lingering citrus peel on the finish and a little glimmer maybe of, of those malts um bone dry bone dry and and bitingly bitter um amazing as far as i'm concerned uh i will have no trouble 
drinking this entire 650 ml bottle uh, through the course of this and then afterwards uh, spending time with my beloved. Uh, so that's Shay. This is something though. Um, trying to look at the order we should deal with this. Let's talk about food first. This is sort of, um, oh, let me just take a look. I opened up the page about it, but I didn't read anything about it. Um, Cause uh, you know me, that's what I like to do. Um, they talk a lot about fooders in the, the post, um, which I will talk about. Don't worry. Uh, but they say Shea Bread IPA is here, and we're so excited to have this one landing in the shop. Bursting with juicy pineapple and bright citrus. Well, I got that right. Shea IPA is brewed and dry hopped with Yukonot Eldorado, which is going to give you some lemon and grapefruit for sure, and Amarillo hops. Cool. And it's made with a Vermont ale yeast. Oh, that is interesting. Um, and Brett in their fooders, and it's golden in color, complex hazy IPA, medium bodied, subtle flavors. They say spiced clementine. That's interesting. And hay and cantaloupe. Hay. Maybe that mustiness I'm getting is a little bit of hay. I'd believe that. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. It also tells a really cute story. Um, I'm just glancing over things. A lot of stuff about fooders. But uh, Mark, who's, uh, of course, Mandy's uh, husband and co-founder, um, his favorite baseball player is Nolan Ryan. And Nolan Ryan got his start in 66 at Shea Stadium. And yeah. Uh, Mark and Mandy are just so sweet and little stories like that just you know, makes me happy. Um, so um, that's that. Yeah, yeah. You cannot for sure. And and Eldorado, I love Eldorado hops, especially in New England IPAs. That's a nice, nice hop. Um, so yeah, so what are you going to eat with it? Well, or what? What are you, what are you, what are you going to eat while you're drinking? I never get that right. I, I was in a good sink there for a couple of apps and well, there's always next episode. Uh, what are we going to eat while drinking this? That's a really interesting and challenging question. This is, um, I mean, it's delicious, um, but it's going to be, it's a, it's a wild thing to set something up with, uh, Off the get-go, the problem is because of the citrus and the pineapple, it's there, but it, it is so dry and, and with such a pronounced bitterness. The normal things that you would typically kind of go to for that probably aren't going to do so much. Um, so out of the gate, and this one's a bit easy, um, but just in case I don't get anywhere else in my thought process... Not something I would eat personally, because um, it's not within what I typically would eat. Um, but if you had like a really nice pineapple glazed ham, that's going to work really well here. And here's what. The pineapple and the beer and the ham, they're going to play together. But everything else is different, right? What is ham? It's salty, it's fatty, and it's quite rich. This beer is bitter and quite dry. And so they're going to do the old juxtaposition. You're going to bounce each other off of each other. And with each bite and each sip, you're going to keep swinging that teeter-totter back and forth. Um, and that's a really cool thing to do. This beer is pretty extreme. And if you ask me, and maybe you disagree with me, but I think ham is a pretty extreme meat. It's quite fatty. It's quite salty. Um, did I mention salt earlier? Because it's also salty. Um, and, and quite rich. Um, so that would be pretty cool. Uh, don't know why you'd be eating a pineapple glazed ham. Is that like an event food? Do you eat that at Thanksgiving or something? 
Just in case you're just tuning in for the first time, I don't really eat meat. I am a classically trained French chef, but cultural things like that, sometimes I miss. So I'm, I can't say that I know when people eat pineapple glazed ham. But whenever you want to, it would probably go pretty good with this beer. <laughs> what else would go good with this? Uh, mm, mm, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Do you know what would be really interesting? Um, I love Nicaraguan and Central American in general food, but specifically Nicaraguan food, um, which is notably different than say like people kind of go, oh, like Mexican food. I'm like, no, 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 it's there's a lot of similar influences. There's some crossover for sure, but it's it's very distinct. Um and um Nicaraguans frequently will serve, they call it Maduro which is a fully ripe plantain. So it's black on the outside. The plantains, if you don't know, they're the big kind of bananas. They're very starchy. They cook up more similar to like a potato almost or like a yam, um, but they are they look like bananas. Um, Maduro is black, which is fully ripened, and they're soft and they're very sweet. And one of the typical preparations for that is they'll take the whole plantain which looks like a banana split it like they were going to make a banana split sometimes then half that so you now have quarters um, but then they'll fry that in like um, lard <laughs> or butter or just oil um, but you get because there's so much sugar because they're very starchy and as they ripen that starch is converting to sugar um, there, you can get a significant Maillard reaction in them where you get a very caramelized um, edge to to it and then you flip it over and you do the flat side and then that you, you'll get served that at breakfast you'll get served that at dinner um, it's just a common starch to go with your gallo pinto and uh, tortillas um, and whatever you're having with it um, but that maduro with this would be really interesting when it's that ripe and especially once it's cooked you start bringing out flavors that aren't quite banana because it is plantain but you start getting into the realm of what you would think of as like tropical tastes and it's sweet, but it's not, it's like, because huh, it's caramelized. It's not, it's not sweet the way pineapple's sweet. You know what I mean? Um, but there's a sweetness to it and it's quite rich because again, it's been fried and, uh, and it's quite dense and sugary and caramelized. I think that fried ripe plantain with this beer could be pretty interesting. And now it makes me wish I had some fried ripe plantain but i do not so that's what i think we're gonna do if you're down with uh the swine get yourself some pineapple glazed ham if you're not look up how you're gonna fry up some um plantain ripe plantain medoro uh or just talk to a central american because i bet you most of your central american friends if you have any would be able to advise you well and that would be delicious so hey bread ipa let me have a sip oh gosh so this is a this is a vermont ipa they said specifically they made it with a vermont yeast um they didn't say whose but i'm gonna take a wild guess and say it's probably a scarpment from uh kitchener waterloo area guelph guelph i think um and i'm pretty sure that's um taken from uh from from a conan uh strain so uh like cultured from it so it's a vermont uh ipa which hey you know me if you do and 
it's a uh, it's a style I love. You make this beer. It's it's an IPA. It's Vermont IPA. Um, they could just make it as a Vermont IPA. We could drink it and be like, Dagio, I like that. That's tasty. But then what they do is they transfer it to uh, something called a fooder. Some people call them foders, but it's fooder. Ooh. Uh, I believe it's a Dutch word, but it might be German. But I think it's I think it's Dutch. Netherlanders. Um, but anyway, it's like an oak fermenter. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oak, is it barrel-aged? Eh. No, is the, the the short answer. There's a much longer answer, which I'll touch on briefly. Um, because of, oh, what do they call it? It's not the law of scale. If you take a cube that is one centimeter cubed and you 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 multiply that cube by two, the volume of the cube is not two times as much, it's four times as much. Can you follow that for a sec with me? This is some math stuff. I hope I'm not losing you. Um, but think about it, right? If you have a cube, you don't add one to the side and one on top of each and make a square. You have to then replicate that square next to it. You, you, you increase it by four, not by two. Um, so barrels work the same way. Now they're cylinders and actually they're semi-oblique cylinders, but we don't need to get into calculating area here. All you need to understand is the bigger the barrel gets, the the volume increases significantly more. So when we're talking about a barrel by measurement, which is generally a fixed thing, a spirit barrel or a wine barrel is, I want to say... Oh, what the hell is it? 250 something odd liters or something, I think. It, it's it's pretty much a standardized measurement, roughly, I think. I'm getting a little out of my depth here, so forgive me. Um, but if you have a barrel like that, and this is the barrels we're thinking about, and you fill it with beer, um, and you get oak characteristic out of it, and whatever the barrel had in it, maybe it was a bourbon barrel, maybe it was a whiskey barrel, maybe it was a wine barrel, that's very nice too. Um, but it gets those characteristics. But that's because the volume of beer to the surface area of the barrel um, is, well, it's, it's a fixed ratio, okay? If you increase the barrel size significantly, which is what a fooder is, it's, I think theirs are like five heck or 10 heck, hectoliters, um, which is a uh, hundred liters. Um, so 5,000, uh, or, or, uh, 10,000, uh, liters quite big compared to a barrel. Um, now your volume has increased significantly, but your surface area hasn't. It's, it's just increased the amount you would expect. So you have way less surface area contact with the beer, which means you don't get a ton of oak characteristics. Does that make sense? You with me? The other cool thing about fooders is that um, you clean them. Like they, when they transfer the beer, they're going to hose it out and clean it down. Um, but they're wood, so you can't sterilize it. Uh, it's going to take on any bacterias, any yeast strains, whatever you put into that fooder is going to stay um, unless it gets killed by a more aggressive strain of, uh, of yeast or, or bacteria. What that means is they don't need to add Brettanomyces to the fooder. They just transfer the beer in and they leave it alone for a while. And the, the natural, it's not natural, it was added at one point, but the the bacteria and the yeasts that are now living in that wood 
will infect the beer, which sounds bad, but you could, you could say inoculate the beer if that doesn't sound much better, does it though? Um, but that's where you're going to get that second fermentation with Brettanomyces. Um, and that's what makes it a, a bread IPA. Brettanomyces, just in case you're new to the game, is, as I mentioned, it's a, it's a bacteria. I think it's technically a fungus, so is yeast. Um, might actually be a yeast. I can never remember. I can't keep that stuff straight. I'm not a microbiologist. Um, funny enough, it's, 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 it, it means mysis is fungus and Britano means like the fungus of Britain, I think, or British fungus or something like that, which is kind of cute. That's kind of funny. Um, and that's because it was identified, um, scientifically in British beer, uh, because they were being fermented in barrels. And so it naturally got into the beer, then it got into the barrels. And then every beer that got made in that barrel or that fermenter, because their fermenters also would have been oak back then. Um, would, would similarly get infected. Uh, and it would, it would, it would, uh, give a characteristic taste, uh, to whatever came out of that, that, uh, that barrel. Um, so the interesting thing about Brettanomyces, again, multiple strains. Um, most people are in brewing beer are using Brett Bruxinellasis or something like that. Brett B. Sometimes you get Brett A, which is Brett Anomalous. Um, and there's another one I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Um, there are multiple, though. I think I think there's like seven or eight identified strains. Some of them you don't want because they taste like poop, as we mentioned earlier. Um, but the ones that are typically used in brewing don't. They, they add interesting things. But they'll ferment pretty much anything. So whereas that Vermont ale yeast is definitely going to leave behind... Um, some some sugars from the brewing process. Um, it won't ferment all of the sugars out. Given time, Brettanomyces will. Brettanomyces will take beers to below one Play-Doh or below 1.0 uh, specific gravity, depending on what you prefer to think about. Um, they're the same at that point, uh, at one. Um, so it will make it, one, by the way, would be the same weight as water. Uh, when you get below that, it's because there's now alcohol and no sugar. And, um, if you just had water and alcohol, no sugar, it's lighter than water. So you're below one. Um, and that's what Brettanomyces will do given time. So if you leave it in long enough, you get a very, very dry beer. There's no sugars left in it. Um, and again, the longer you leave it, the more character you're going to get from the, from the, the, the bread. Um, Super cool. A lot of people are playing, have been for ages now, years, uh, with Brett in, in a variety of beers, but especially in IPAs. Um, what's interesting, and I, when I had this, um, I think I had it on Friday. It might have been Saturday. Hard to say. These days, who knows? Uh, when I had it, I was kind of working it over a bit, thinking about it. And I messaged Mark, and, and my compliment to him, I mean, I, I wanted to big him up because it's a really tasty beer. But the thing that struck me the most about this is it can be hard to get Brett to play well with very hoppy beers because hops are bitter, um, more so if you add them earlier in the boil. We've talked about this before. But uh, the important thing to think about here is it, it's, they're bitter, and you have to keep that in check with um, sugars, with malt. And so when you see a beer that's, say, 6.5% alcohol um, with a high hop uh, content, it's very likely that that beer was made with even more grains than uh, a beer of the same percentage, but that's going to have a lot less hops, more like a Scotch Ale or something. Um, 
because you actually that's sort of stupid scotch ales typically you want to be quite sweet too i don't know what i was saying there forget that part maybe a belgian beer i don't know but the point is you need to leave some sugar behind to play with the hops otherwise you just get it's too bitter it's uncomfortable to drink um and as I just described, Brettanomyces will chew all that sugar out of the beer and, and leave it uncomfortably bitter to drink. So getting the balance of how long you let the Brett work on the beer, and of course you're tasting it, you know, maybe not daily, but frequently, just to keep up with where it's progressing to. Um, you've got to be very aware of, of what's happening with the beer. But the other thing is you need to start with a really good recipe um, because, you know, if, if it's bad to begin with, it's not going to get better, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, but this one is really good again, so hoppy. And you, you heard me saying it's quite bitter. It's got, it's got some grapefruit peel to it for sure. Not squeaky, but it's very bitter, but that's because there's not a lot of residual sugar, but it's not uncomfortable. It's still very tasty and drinkable. Um, granted you need to like bitter beer, but if you like bitter beer, boom, this one is going to do it for you. And you should be looking into things like uh, bread IPAs because they tend to have a pronounced dryness and bitterness to them. So that's, uh, that's Shea, Brett IPA, from our good friends, dear friends, uh, over at Left Field. How about that? Hey, where can you get it? Well, at Left Field, and I think that's it. Although sometimes these big bottles do make it into groceries and LCBOs. I did not check with Mark or Mandy if it has um, retail distribution. Definitely at the brewery. Um, you're going to be a little sticker shocked when you see it. Um, for one, 650 ml bottle. So it's two beers, it's not one, um, roughly. Also, that fooder that we were talking about, um, you have to keep a beer in it for a while, and so it's been aged. And anytime you, anytime the beer spends anything more than just its primary fermentation in the brewery, you're going to have to pay more for it because it was sucking up space and time. So uh, don't be thrown. It's definitely worth it. Um, you know, you're probably... You're not going to get a six-pack and crush them during the game or whatever, um, but pick up a couple, and, and they're real real nice, uh, lovely beer. So plus you should just be going to left field anyway, because gosh, it's such a nice spot. And I haven't been up there in ages and I can't drive right now. That's frustrating. By the way, if you're wondering, I can't drive cause I have a broken leg. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna have another sip talk real briefly cause we're already at a half hour. Whew. Well, there was a little technical difficulties there, but give me one sec. Well, what's going on? Well, nothing, of course, because uh, what's going on is we broke a thousand cases uh, in Ontario yesterday or something. So that sucks. But uh, what else? Not a lot. Places are closing. The usual appeal still stands. If you can afford to order in food from the places you love, please do. Please do. We need it. Um, what else? What else? What else? Well, uh, Halloween's coming up this weekend. This was supposed to be possibly the Halloween of our lifetimes because, oh, hey, beer fridge, forgot to unplug that, sorry guys. This was meant to be the banner Halloween because of course it's on a Saturday, which in of itself, fantastic if you like to party. Also, it's daylight savings ends, so you get an extra hour to party. But no, you don't, because you should not be going to a Halloween party this year because that's not safe. 
if you've got a bubble family or a very, 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 very small group with minimal exposure outside of your group and you want to get together, maybe lift a beer, eat some very small candies, hey, cool, that's what we're doing. We got our bubble family. We're going to take the kids over. We're probably going to walk by a couple of friends' houses for some waves, um, but then just hang out at the house, have some drinks, give the kids some candy, and that'll be that. Um, real shame, guys, that we couldn't get our stuff together and actually have fun this Halloween, but that's what we get. Uh, wear your damn mask. Wash your hands. Uh, what else is going down? Not a lot. Rugby's on, which is great. This weekend coming up is the Six Nations. It's Super Saturday. Oh, isn't that nice? Super Saturday. It's crazy to think that the last Super Saturday, which typically is in the spring and would have been in the spring of 2019. Was it just in 2019 I had a broken ankle too? I mean, it's been a year and a half. Other ankle, other sport. I was going to say different break. It's actually the same bone, but it's caused in a different way um, and in a different spot. This is a pretty small break. I can walk. It's fine. Um, but hey, Super Saturday is on. What do we got down the pipe? Well, sorry if you're not here for the rugby because it doesn't say anything about rugby in the podcast name, but you're about to get it. I'm going to have a sip because I feel like punditing and I don't get to talk to people very much right now. And I am talking to you right now and it feels pretty damn good. Here's what's going on. Nobody can get the slam. The Grand Slam in, in the Six Nations, that means you win every game. There's only five games. You play each team once. Um, and it's just score-based. Who has the most points at the end? I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. If you're not, you should look it up. It's a pretty fun tournament. Um, if you're wondering, the Six Nations are England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Italy, and France. And most people agree Italy probably shouldn't be there. Uh, no offense to Italy, guys. Just they're not as good as the other five teams. Although Scotland's a little... But I need to watch myself because one of the matches this weekend could be very embarrassing for me. <sighs> Nobody can win the Grand Slam because everybody's lost at least one match. Ireland right now is in first. What they need is what's called a bonus point win, which means they have to score three tries and also win, um, that'll get them five points. That'll put them ahead of England. The problem is if England also gets a bonus point, so I should mention they have the same number of points, which means that if England also gets a bonus point win, it comes down to the goal difference in their total games. And right now, Ireland is up, but England is playing Italy, and they are going to put up so many points, it's going to be shocking. They are almost certainly going to get the bonus point. It's just a question of whether or not Italy can score enough to keep the point difference low. And if they can't, then England's going to win the whole tournament. And that's awful for everybody who doesn't like England, which I am one of those people. I want Ireland to win. I wanted Wales to win, but that's not happening. So Ireland is playing France. A bonus point win in France is actually a pretty big ask. Um, I say in France, it might be in, in, in Ireland, but it doesn't matter because there's no crowd. So there's no home advantage. But... Uh, Wherever it is, beating France with a bonus point's tricky. So Ireland's got a big, big, big challenge ahead of them. England's got a cakewalk. They just need to rack up the score. And unfortunately for me, my beloved Wales is playing Scotland. And while that typically would be a walk in the park, this year it's not a walk in the park. And we might lose. And if we do, we won't be last place because Italy really sucks, but we'll be right at the bottom. That's not good. So, 
Check it out, guys. If you uh, if you have DAZN, D-A-Z-N, um, popular sports streaming platform these days, they're showing all three games. It's going to be a heck of a day of rugby. On Halloween, it's great. I might go as a Welsh rugby player. Also, this Saturday, Alan Wynne-Jones, my beloved, the Prince of Wales, uh, the big lock and captain of Wales, will set the world record for the most international rugby caps at 149. He's currently tied from this past Saturday with Richie McCaw from, uh, from New Zealand. He will take number one spot. He will have been capped, which means you get selected for your team more than anybody ever, which is pretty amazing at the international level. Um, so that's worth checking out. Nothing to do with beer. I mean, you should probably be drinking beer while you're watching, um, but uh, nothing to do with beer. But that's good fun, and I love it. It's, I'm looking forward to it. Five days away, Super Saturday, and then Halloween. It's going to be a weekend. Uh, Anything else happening? Well, as mentioned last weekend, the Nova Scotia fishermen, the Nova Scotia uh, Mi'kmaq lobster fishermen uh, and fisherwomen, fisher people, uh, we really need a non-gendered term. Fisher people sounds stupid. But anyway, uh, still struggling, still not getting any relief from the government um, and still fighting for that. So if you can support them anyway, please... Please, please, please do. Uh, Otherwise, I just saw on Facebook, I didn't even look at the story because I just, I couldn't write then. I will look it up, but it looks like there's been another uh, police killing of a black man on suspicion that somebody was occupying a car. It was his car, apparently. Anyway, I got to look into that more, but that is not on. Um, It's just stupid that we even still have to talk about that. Um, We need to stop killing black people for being black. It's crazy that that can be considered like um, edgy to say. That's not edgy, guys. Black people shouldn't be killed for being black. It's pretty easy. Anyway, uh, that's what we got. Bit of a downer to finish on, but that's where we're at. Um, Hope you have a good week. I'm going to be sitting around doing a lot of nothing. um, Because, again, broken leg. Not allowed to do much on it for another week or two. But uh, that's all I got. I might keep your eyes on this space. It might happen this week. It might happen next. I'm trying to think of how to throw this. I'm going to show the video screen. If you're listening to the podcast, I'll just give you some hints. Sorry, I'm just trying to find it. There it is. Try and do this in a way that I do it one screen at a time. This is going to be a two-part episode. I just don't know when I'm going to do it. Because I got gifted this can, which does not contain beer, but it does contain an intoxicant. And it'll be a two-parter because it takes a while. Anyway, keep your eyes on this space, all right? Uh, Otherwise, have a great week. Take care of each other, please. It's rough out there. I've been actually having a bit of a rough day or two. I was saying to my wife, I take off a couple of days drinking every week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, typically. This Shea will be the last beer I have till Friday. Because uh, I need to give my body a break. I get really just... I try to dance around the word depression because I, some people have really bad depression. I'm nowhere near that bad. Just waking up feeling the weight of the world, I guess you could say. Just not great about things. And it just drags on you. And right now, money's tight. Nothing's going well. I'm off. I'm going to be on disability for a couple of weeks. It sucks. It's tough. So I've been feeling kind of blah. But uh, 
like I say, talking at this uh, microphone does help. Uh, and I appreciate that. So if you got people in your life like me, maybe reach out, give them a pat on the back. Or no, we're not supposed to do that. Elbow bump. Just text them. Tell them you're thinking of them. It's a rough go. Uh, but other than that, be good to each other. And uh, I'll talk at you, like I say, at least in a week, maybe sooner. But I'm not making any promises. Till then, have a great night. Talk to you soon. Bye.